Hi, this is Jamie Crawford, Worldwide Evangelist with Breakthrough Ministries, pastor of Epicenter Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thanks for downloading our Wow God podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get our latest podcast. We appreciate your partnership. It helps keep our ministry going. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Thank you for having me here. It's It really is an honor. We have known Jamie for... Pastor Jamie and Iris for since before Joaquin was born and our middle child is 15 and the first time I ever met Pastor Hayes was I had come back from Florida my middle child was I think three or four months and I remember that I went I went to the altar because there was I love going to the altar because something happens when you decide to be obedient and you decide to put yourself before God, it's okay to sit in the back. It's okay to be in the back. But something happens when you say yes to the altar. Something changes in you. I was, ad- I am, I was, I was going to say I was addicted to the altar, but I am addicted to the altar. Because I have experienced God in so many different ways every time I have decided to come up here. I I come before I start. I, dear God, I just thank you for today. And I just, God, if it's Holy Spirit, let it be you. I want nothing of me. Father God, we just thank you for today, for this service. I come from a Catholic background. And I remember the first time my husband ever took me there, I wanted to run and never come back. I didn't know that you could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I didn't know about the gifts. I didn't know what was possible with God because I went to service when I was forced to go. I went for quinceañeras, which are important. The birthday that you have when you're 15 and the party, those are what's important. I went for New Year, I went for Christmas Day at Mass at midnight because I was forced to. And then weddings. Those were the things I was a devout Catholic that knows nothing about the Catholic Church. But I was devout. And when Carl first took me to to church, to First Assembly of God, and and I noticed that it was different. First, it was loud. People would say amen out loud, and nobody gave you dirty looks. I was like, oh, okay, this, this, okay, we'll roll with it. But I was terrified of what it represented. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you have been terrified of what it represents. I don't know if God has ever called you to step out of your comfort zone and do something different and you've been terrified. I have been. I have been terrified and I have begged. I have begged God not to. So before I say that, I have begged God to send me. I'm like, I'm ready. Send me whatever you want to do with me, God. I am your willing vessel. Take me wherever you want to go to the end of the world. Take me. And then he says, go. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Um, I'm not sure if that's what, 
I had in mind. But we know that when we step out, that's when we are transformed. When that obedience comes, it changes us. And the message that I have for you today is, I really do feel that get ready for more. And I feel like it's specifically for you, for those who are members of this church, for get ready for, for more. And I can't help and think about Gideon. Gideon, I love the story of Gideon. You know, he was ready, but he kept asking for confirmation and confirmation. And I feel like I've been there myself. I'm like, God, send me a sign. Send me a sign. I'm ready. He sends me one, and I'm like, okay, if you really want me to go, can you send me another one? Because I didn't quite get that one. Maybe it needs to be in English, or maybe it needs to be in Spanish. I don't know. Maybe it needs to be in tongues. Who knows? But we keep asking for, for more signs sometimes, and I, I am guilty of this. Even though I consider myself someone that is that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I, I think of when he went to battle, he started out with 32,000 people. That, that's not a bad number, right? And then God said, hold on, wait up. Let's, let's look at what you have. And it's in Judges. To be specific, it's in Judges 7, 2, 3. So God decides to, to reduce that, and he tells them, if you are afraid, leave. How many of you wanted to leave? How many of you have felt fear when God has call, put that calling in your life? Because sometimes it's beyond what we're capable of doing, be, beyond what our skills are. <clears throat> And out of the, the 32,000, 22,000 left. So he is left with 10,000. You know, 10,000 is okay number, maybe not the greatest number, but God does, he reevaluates re again. And he is left with 300. We go from 32,000 to 300 in total. Now he is going to go to battle and he's battling over 100,000 people. So the odds are against him, right? If we look at it from the natural, if you look at your situation from the natural, if you're going against over 100,000 when you have an army of 300, what does that tell you? In the natural, it tells you you are going to be defeated, that you cannot win against an army of over 100,000 because you don't have the numbers. And this is, where, this is where we see God work because he went out to battle. And guess what? He won. He, there was over 135 my, I, you have to forgive me, I've been here in the United States since I was 10, and my accent has never left. I was born in the United States, I was raised in Mexico, and there are some words I'm just not going to pronounce, and I have tried, and it's just not going to work. So we're just going to roll with it. Praise God, right? It was the, 
Midianites, something like that. They fought and they won. There was over 135,000, 135,000 that were defeated. The numbers were completely against the Gideon, against his army. And I believe that it was not just to show how God, he is our provider. And there's something that I have to remind myself when I am facing situations that are beyond my control. That I don't have to depend on the natural. I have to depend on God. And that's where my hope is. That's where my, my miracles take place. And he, was, he defeated them. So when you look at the giants in your life, I want you to think of Gideon, and I want you to think of what was possible, not because of Gideon, but because of who God is. I, last week, or yeah, last week it was a little hectic in our house. My dad has some heart issues that we have known since before the kids were little, before they were even born, which is our middle, middle child is 15, as I said, and we knew that he had issues, but he procrastinated. And there comes a time in your life that if you procrastinate, it's too late. But by the grace of God, he's okay. So in getting ready for, which I will go into a little bit more of that here in a second, getting ready for more, we have to prepare ourselves. Because if you want more, you have to be ready physically, mentally, and you have to have your heart ready for whatever God sends you to do. One of the things that I am do on a continuous basis is ask God to create in me a pure heart. The reason I do that is because the more junk that you have in your heart, the harder it is to be closer to God. And when we are closer to God, that's when we hear more clearly from God. And some of those things have been really simple. They, to create a, a pure heart is not just removing sin from your life. It's removing distractions. And I struggle when God asked me to remove some of the distractions in my life, because they weren't technically bad, but they were taking my time away from God. I remember the first time he ever asked me, and this was years ago, I used to love, and this is many years ago, watching Mexican soap operas, which I don't anymore, it's been a while, and I remember the first time he ever asked me, you need to stop, I was like, why? I understand why, don't get me wrong. But I was still fairly new to being a believer, and I asked God, why? He was like, you will see. I was like, okay, we're going to be secretive that way, then fine. I'll, I'll stop. And what I realized at that moment is that the moment that I stopped watching the Mexican soap operas, I got more of him. And instantly, there was a download that came 
that I was desperately seeking because my life is to live for him. I don't want any of Francis to remain in this body. I want it to be completely his will. I want my will to be his will. And I was like, okay, this is not so bad. And then my husband stopped drinking. This is when we first became believers. And I thought, okay. And this is many years ago, and he asked me to give up that. And I thought, okay, why? If I just do it once in a while, it's okay, right? And God said, no, it's not. For where I'm taking you, it is not okay. And that has been one of my biggest struggles is being obedient because the flesh likes to rebel. So ask God on a daily basis, creating me a pure heart. I don't want anything that stands between you and I. Anything that is gonna keep me from receiving what you have for me, remove it from my life. It is not worth to keep it. If it's not of you, take it. Somebody, and I'm going to go back and forth. I am going to uh, read Matthew 21, 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who, who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. This, this, we are the temple. When we allow junk to come into our lives, we are dirtying the temple. We are removing him from our lives. And that verse really spoke to me recently. And I thought, God, I don't want anything that is going to stand in the way. I don't want anything because I am willing to go where you want me to go. But if it's going to keep me from going there, remove it. I don't need it. And it has been a battle. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy to, to just continuously look at your heart and see what is, is keeping you from getting there. Like I said, most of the things are not things that are bad. Most of the things are just distractions. One of them has been social media. One of the things has been the phone. Because it's so easy to scroll through and just, you know, I have a tendency to look at one thing and then it takes me somewhere else and then I'm chasing rabbits. And the next thing I know, I have spent an hour to two hours doing absolutely nothing but being on the phone. And one of the things that I have really felt convicted when it comes, because I have asked God for more. That is my continued prayers. God, I want more of you, less of me. And he said, he asked me, how much time are you devoting to me daily? And I would like to tell you that I am spending hours every day devoting myself to God, spending praying, reading, studying, but the truth that is not. And that, and then he had told me, he was like, you want this, but you're not willing to do the little things that I ask. So if I'm asking for, for everything that he has, because I don't want to get to heaven one day, 
and realized that God had all of this for me. But because of my unwillingness to be obedient, to do the little things that he asked, that I missed out. I have a responsibility at the end of the day when I stand before him that I have to give an account to him. And am I going to say, oh, God, that day that you were talking to me, you know, there was just something really interesting on social media that I was reading that I just really, I just couldn't take my eyes off that. And that became my priority. And I'm not saying that social media is an obstacle for you, but it has been an obstacle. The phone has been an obstacle for me. The interesting part is that we have the Bible on the phone. So it doesn't have to be an obstacle for me. It doesn't have to be a hindrance for what God has called me to, to do. But because I allow my fleshly desires to take over the desires that God has for me, I take time away from that. I, I don't want to do that. I think in 2023, we really have to set boundaries. I used to think that everybody that was before me, I was to minister. That God put in my life for the purpose to minister. That everything that came, that was there for a purpose. What I have learned is that there are distractions sometimes that come into your life. They are not put there by God, but by the enemy. And you have to discern what is from God and what is a distraction. So the gift of discernment comes with setting boundaries. Because some people are in your life to create drama. Some people are just to keep you away from doing God's will. And those people have to go. Not just people, but those things have to go. And you have to be willing to let those things go. Because some of those people may be people you love. Some of those things may be things that you enjoy. But if you really, really want everything that God has for you, everything in you has to die. Every single part of you has to be gone. Because what you have for you, for yourself, does not compare to what God has for you. It doesn't compare. So boundaries have to be set. For me, that includes who I hang around with, who I invite to my home, who comes into my life. Hi. Hi, Bert. Hi, Victoria. They're my friends. But those boundaries are so important that you have to be willing to be conscious of the boundaries that you are setting for yourself. Because nobody is going to abide by them unless you abide by them yourself. And the way that you can do that is let the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you. Let the discernment be in full force 24-7. Because we have to be aware not just when we are awake, but when we're sleeping.
We have to be aware that dreams come as well. So our guard has to be up 24-7. It cannot be put down. You have to be ready for battle. These are the end times, people. We're not at a child's playground anymore. Things are real. Things have gotten so real that there's, there is a falling away. So if you're not sure where you stand, if you're not sure what you have in your heart, guess what? You're going to be the one that falls away. And it is your choice whether you stand before God. It is your choice whether you're going to battle and you go against the world and say, this is what the word says. I will stand by it. I don't care what you tell me. I don't care what you say. I am going to stand on the word of God. Whether it takes me, whether it brings me down, whether I have to say, you know what? Take my life. I am ready. See, these are things that... I had conversations with God for years because there comes a time we are lesson people. America has changed. If you think that you are setting the comfort zone by saying, you know what? I'm a believer. I'm okay. Let me tell you, you're not. Because persecution is here, but it's nothing compared to what is coming. If your children your future children are not ready, guess what? They're going to fall away. And guess whose responsibility it is to get them ready? It is my responsibility for Sophia, for Rosa, for Joaquin to be, to be ready for when they get persecuted, for when they say either you deny Jesus Christ or you don't get food. This is where we, this is where we're at. There was a time when I didn't think we were going to see that. There was a time when I thought, oh, we have time, people. We can, we can take our time. It's okay. But you know what? We don't have time. In other countries, people are dying because they choose Jesus Christ. If you had, if somebody stood before you and say, do you deny Jesus Christ or do you continue to believe? And it was whether you receive a shot in your head and they kill your whole family, are you willing to say yes? Think about it. Because when I think of that, I think of my children. I think of Sophia, Joaquin, and Rosa. I don't want anything to happen to them. I want to protect them. I have spent my life providing, we, not just I, we have spent our life providing for them, educating them, making sure that they're okay. I worry about when they go to the bathroom by themselves and we're in a gas station. I have to know where they're at around me. I think of all the kids that have been abducted, that have been sold into, into slavery, that have, I think of all those things. So I, if I can't see my children, I'm not okay. But see, it's not just protecting them, protecting them physically, it's protecting them spiritually. So how much time are you spending praying for your children, for your loved ones. 
I always like to say that I'm spending a lot, but as I evaluate myself, I realize I'm not spending enough time. When I think that I'm 100% committed, I realize that I'm not 100% committed. See, I know where I'm at because I choose. I want to have a pure heart. And I ask God daily to look into my heart and get all that junk out. Anything that is not of him. Boundaries. If you don't have him, guess what? When it comes down to facing struggles, it's going to be easy to walk away. It's going to be easy to say, eh. I don't know if you ever face a situation where you thought, if I didn't have God, I didn't have hope. And I had to face that situation plenty of times. It was with, when our kids needed therapy for their eyes. And I thought, you know, if I didn't have God, there'd be absolutely no hope. I couldn't possibly ask for a miracle. Raise your hand if you believe in miracles. I've been blessed to see miracles over and over again. They have come in many ways that I, I did not expect. I'm going to go back and talk about my dad. My dad has a leaky valve. And what that is, is the blood is not flowing all the way through, but it's going back. We have known this since maybe 15, 20 years ago. It's been a long time. It's been a really, really long time. The option was to go in, have open heart surgery, and fix it. It doesn't sound pleasant, right? But what is the alternative? He, last week, we ended up in the ER more times than I wanted to because he couldn't lay down. He felt like he was suffocating. He felt that he couldn't breathe. He had so much pressure in his chest. His lungs will eventually fill up with fluid, and there's an option that he can drown from his own fluid. And he, can't, he couldn't breathe. And we have known this for a long time. The doctor kept telling my dad, it's coming. If you don't have surgery, this is what's going to happen. So my dad, and this is where I know my dad is not ready to go to heaven. Because if you're ready, and I also learned that he didn't have God in his life. If you're ready, you're at peace. But every time my dad felt that way, he was in pure panic. He was in anxiety mode. I mean, we were, it was, he was just panicked. And I understand. I don't blame him. He felt horrible. He went weeks without sleeping more than 20, 30 minutes, maybe. And he, last week, he had to sleep sitting up. He couldn't lay down. So I cannot imagine how he felt. So 
we we went to the ER and I thought my dad is like they're going to keep me I was like no they're not because there's nothing they can do for you literally there is nothing anyone can do for him now I say that but we know God is big right we know that nothing is impossible with God so we go to the ER and one of the first things they said because we went to the heart hospital it's ah you you refused surgery for quite a few years it's <laughs> like yeah he did that's my dad he refused it but that's okay the, who likes roller coasters I, I love roller coasters um what i love the most is when you go all the way up and then it just falls and just feels like everything is coming down and you just scream as loud as you can because it makes you feel better. There's this adrenaline that goes with it. We don't go to the big, big parts because I don't have the patience to wait in line anymore. I'm past that. So we go to Six Flags here. I mean, we go to Frontier City and it, it's, it's not great, but it's not bad. You know, it's okay. We'll live with it. But see, last week, the devil wanted to get me on a roller coaster. Because if anything could go wrong, it went wrong. I said, I love, you know, I said, I, I love roller coasters, but I want to get on the roller coaster of my choice. You, you're not going to get me on a roller coaster that you want me to ride. I refuse that. No, thank you. I'll pass. See you next time. Because when you get in a roller coaster that you don't know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. And guess what happens? Think about how it feels. You can, I, whenever I get on a roller coaster, I feel the fear building up as it gets to the top. I can hear my, I can feel my heart rate going up. And I, I do like it. I'm not going to lie. I like it. But the roller coaster that he was offering last week would have stolen my peace, would have stolen my joy, would have taken what I have. I worked so hard to get. He would have taken it in minutes, in seconds. So I told the devil, no, thank you. Thank you for the invite, but I'm going to have to pass. I, I am... I'm taking the scenic route and we are having a good time. So the whole time my dad is just panicking and just, you know, it is the end, he, you know, he, he doesn't know what to do. So the doctor said, okay, and he's thinking that maybe he's gonna have the surgery now. So the first thing that he has to do is he has to get an echo to determine if he's even eligible for surgery. And when the doctor called, or the, the person that called to schedule called, she said, it's going to be a while. It's probably going to be over a month. We're looking at a month out. But you know what? I have a secret weapon. Prayer. Because before I got that call, guess who prayed that they would have an opening ASAP? I didn't mean a month later. I didn't mean two weeks later. I didn't mean a week later. 
I meant ASAP. And the, the lady said, very nice, she said, I'm going to go ahead and schedule the doctor's appointment. I was like, okay. And she looked and looked, and we got in this Tuesday, which that was fine. But then we got to the echo, and she said, I am sorry. We, are, we really don't have any openings. I'm like, okay. I said, just give me the first one available. You know why? I asked for the first one available. I wasn't asking, accepting the one that was a month out. Because God and I, we already had a, com a conversation before I even received a phone call. And I already had my confirmation from God that it was not going to take long. See, this is, this is what happens when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not when you come to church. Because coming to church does not mean you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It just means that you're showing up and you're occupying a seat. That's all it means. So you either stay in church or you choose to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is your choice. But when you choose to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? That peace already knew for a fact that it was not going to take a month. That my dad appointment, the echo was, it was not going to take a month for the echo. It was not. And I knew that for certainty because of the relationship that I have. It's because I work on removing things in my life that are going to hinder me, that are going to keep me from hearing what God has to say. Because if he talks to you and you don't hear him, if you don't have your ears open, your eyes wide open, guess what? You're going to miss it. And when that lady said, oh, this was last week, this was Tuesday, we have an opening on Tuesday at 7.15 in the morning. Do you want to take it? I said, yes, thank you, ma'am. Praise the Lord. See, that is what happens when you stop playing child's game, games and you choose a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what happens. And then we have the echo. If you ever have a, an appointment, 7 o'clock is the best time to go because there's nobody there. Praise God. Still have to wear a mask, which is fine. So, they, you know, we go out through the, the procedures. And they tell me it's going to be about a week before we can give you the results. I'm like, okay, I'm not worried. Now, this test is going to determine whether or not my dad is eligible for surgery. I'm okay, and my dad's still freaking out. I'm like, dad, it's fine. Don't worry. It's going to be okay, dad. I said, I can tell you. I said, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that you're going to be okay, dad. He's like, well, I don't feel good. I haven't slept. And I cannot imagine what it feels like not sleeping forever. So they called me that afternoon. They said that we're not going to have the results ready until this week. They called me and said, your dad is eligible for surgery. When would he like to have it scheduled? Okay, tell me that was not a miracle. 
tell me that was not a miracle. See, but the conversation that I had before that with my dad, is said, Dad, the miracle is yours. Hallelujah. It's for you to take it. I said, but I want you to know that when we pray and we ask for miracles, the chances of you getting it the way that you ask for is unlikely. Because I can tell you for a fact that Rosa and Joaquin received a miracle of their, with their sight. Both of them used to see double. They didn't have, Joaquin didn't have that perception. But he received his miracle in the form of therapy. We can ask God how we want it, but are you willing to receive the miracle the way God delivers? This is where you have to ask yourself, am I willing to receive the miracle even if it's in a way that I don't want? Now, I have prayed for my dad to receive a miracle, for his heart just to be healed without surgery. And I know for a fact that God can make it happen. Amen. See, but I'm not capable of thinking the way God does things. The one thing that I can do is accept the miracles the way he brings them. I said, Dad, I said, if your miracle comes in the form of surgery, are you going to take it? And I'm thinking, if you don't take it, if you don't take it, I'm not taking you to the ER that often. I said that often because I couldn't. And I would, to be honest, I would take him. But I was thinking, we, if you don't take it, you're missing out. And he's like, well, what if I die on the table? Because he can't, remember, he can't lay down and sleep because he feels he's suffocating. I was like, well, I said, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, I said, Heaven is a pretty good option. I mean, it's, it's not a lose-lose situation here. I was like, the streets are made of gold. He, oh, he told, he told me, he was like, well, what if I want to go to the casino? I said, he goes to the casino. I said, why would you want to go if the streets are made of gold? I said, you will be healed. You won't hurt. He said, well, I'm 80 years old. I'm like, yeah, you're 80 years old, Dad. I said, but I want you to recall every time God had his hand over you. And I want you to remember those things. I said, so when you're in need, I said, I want you to remember how God has always looked over you. You need to be sure that it, it was not the doctor. It was not the people, the person next to you. It was not the circumstances that kept you safe. I said, it was God. Because he had cancer about 20 years ago. And the th he had kidney cancer. He only has one kidney. And the doctor said that it was caught so early that normally it is not caught in time. He had surgery. He has one kidney. Hasn't had a problem with it. Well, a year ago, we found out that he had prostate cancer. I'm like, okay. I honestly, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. We got this. We, we got it. I'm okay with it. 
we went and yeah it was cancer they give him a shot they gave him a shot uh, every three months for twice and then he went six months and he did another shot for six months and after that he has been done because the results have been unlike other patients now tell me that God is not looking over him tell me that God does not exist because everything my dad has gone through, for someone that has unbelief in his heart, see, God only asks us that we have the faith of a mustard seed. That's all. That's all you are required to have. It doesn't mean that you should stop there. So when I was telling him, I said, Dad, don't look at your age because you put in limitations. Do not look at your age. Look at what God has done for you. Go by those results. Don't look at the natural. I said, if you have surgery, I said, I can guarantee that you will be okay. I can't promise you that it's not going to be painful. I can't promise you that it's going to recover in an instant. I can't promise you that. But what I can promise you, I said, and I'm telling you this because God has told me that you're going to be okay. It's your choice whether you take it or not. Because you can't force somebody to take the miracle. Even though there are times I want to strangle people, I'm like, look, the miracle's right there. And you haven't taken it. No complaining. My dad said he's having surgery. Praise God. Today, I question whether or not he's going to go through it. But you know what? God did his thing. It's up to him. And that's something that, that I want you guys to realize and look at your life. Are you taking the miracles? Are you taking what God is giving you? Are you seeing them for what they are? Because my dad didn't see the miracle for what it was. He saw it as something bad. Sometimes we have to take those blinders off and be willing to look at what it is. See, where we're headed, and I, I'm saying this again, is that be ready for more. But if you don't take care of all those things, more is not going to come. It's going to be delayed. Because you're not ready for it. See, my dad could have had the surgery a long time ago and been fine. But because of fear, because of not being certain, because he wants a guarantee, but there's no guarantees in life. I like, this is how I like to read a book. The beginning, the end, and then go back and feel the middle. I don't advise you to do it that way. But that's how I like to read a book. The last thing I'm going to talk about is obedience. And I want that to sink. Obedience. If God asks you to stand up right now and do 10 jumping jacks, are you going to do it? If you're driving down the road and he tells you to turn left instead of right, are you going to do it? 
if he tells you to cut your hair, to let your hair grow, are you going to do it? If he tells you to wear blue instead of red, are you going to do it? See, those are the simple things, right? Because those are easy to do. But what if he tells you to move? What if he tells you to move to a different location? But what if he has a different job for you? What if you go from being employed to being an entrepreneur? What if when you ask for more, he asks you to do something completely different? Are you willing to do it? See, we have to be obedient in the little things and the big things. I'm okay with being obedient in the little things because that's my comfort zone. I'm like, okay, you want me to wear this? Not that, I got that. I got that. But when he tells you to do things that are completely out of your comfort zone, are you going to do it? When he tells you that you need to study an hour a day because where you want to go, you have to know the word inside and out. When he tells you to step out of the boat, are you going to do it? See, recently I asked God, God, I want to walk on water. I want to walk on water. I really do. And I mean that not literally, but if he has me walk on water, I'm okay with that too. But I want to have the faith that Peter took in that storm to step out of the boat. Because I want my heart to be so full of him that when people pass by, they can't help but be touched. That when they see me, that they don't see me, but they see Jesus Christ. That's what I want. I want Jesus to be so evident in my life that nobody can deny what I carry. That's, that's my goal. I'm not there yet. But see, stepping out of the boat takes great faith. See, I used to think of Peter, and I used the first thing that came to me was, he didn't have enough faith, he sunk. And then God asked me, do you have faith? to step out. I'm like, mm, yeah, I do. But is the faith that I'm asking to have, is it going to take me where I want to go? Is the faith that you have, is it going to take you to your destiny? Because I know my destiny is great. I know that your destiny is great. 
And I know that God is doing amazing works in you, but he still needs less of you. He still needs more obedience. I seriously thought I was 100% committed, but I realized that I wasn't. And that I want to say that came as a shock. But after spending time with God, I realized it wasn't a surprise. So now I'm going back to looking at my heart to see what it is that I need to adjust, that I need to remove, that I need to put in place to be 100% committed. Obedience. If you're not obedient, you will miss out. As simple as that. You will miss out on what he has because you will not take a step that requires that is taken for you to get where you're going. I have been in ministry for a long time. I, I really can't. How long have we been in ministry? Carl is my numbers guy. He remembers everything. Since 09. It's been a few years. I just want to say God is really good. I can't remember dates. I can't remember a lot of things like that. I just can't remember. For the longest time, I couldn't remember how long I had been married to Carl. That's, that's bad. But I'm willing to admit my mistakes. But God is so good. Let me tell you, my God is good. He gave me a child. Joaquin was born 10 years after we were married. So I just have to add 10 years to Joaquin's age. Praise God. <laughs> so I know how long I've been married. Joaquin is 15. I have been married 25 years. <laughs> so see, God is good all the time, right? He, knew, he knows my weaknesses. So he's going to work on that. But he knows my strengths. God is good, but we have to be a willing vessel. We have to be willing to put aside the things that are keeping us from him. And we have to be willing to say yes. I said yes to ministry a long time ago, and we did ministry. I, we, I did children's ministry for a while Thank God that season is over. Praise God. I love children, but they, they will make you work hard. They have questions after questions after questions after questions. I had to go back and study hard. God knew I needed that to study because when I showed up, I didn't know what they were going to ask, and I was certain I was not going to have the answer. So I was thankful. See, at that time, I had visions of me preaching. So when God put me in children's ministry, I told God, um, wait up, hold on. I'm supposed to be preaching, not teaching kids. Did, did we get that wrong? I mean, I just want to make sure we're on the same page because you showed me something and this is where I'm at and it doesn't go together. So you may want to reevaluate that, kind of look at that and um, 
If you made a mistake, it's okay. I won't say anything. Just just put me where I belong. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> For a few years, he kept me in children's ministry. I was like, okay, I guess maybe it wasn't time. And during COVID, I took, we took a break. I, was, I don't know if you've ever been tired. I was tired. I was tired. And COVID made it super simple, super easy for a lot of believers to step back. It made it to where, oh, I'm just going to watch live. It's fine. And then you watch it. I don't know if you... I struggle paying attention when I'm watching life. I have to make myself pay attention. But you know, there's something that takes place when you attend church. There's something that takes place when somebody lays hands on you. There's something that takes place right here at the altar that sometimes you miss. Now, sometimes you don't have any other option and that is fine. I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong. I'm just saying that I needed to get back. And I needed to get my heart right with Jesus again. So we took a break. Oh, I took a break. I shouldn't say we because it's me. I make my own choices. And I got back with, I got with a ministry in August. And I can tell you, that God is amazing because I have seen things that I have asked God for a very long time. And I believe it was a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks, it was more than a couple weeks that I was telling God, I said, okay, I'm ready to get here and start preaching again. See, and this is where the flesh gets eager because I was ready to start making some phone calls. See, sometimes we can't make things happen, but we have to let God make things happen. And I lifted my phone to call someone multiple times because I was going to ask them if I could come. And God said, no. I was like, okay. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. We'll just let it roll. And then Pastor Jamie called and said, will you do Thursday? And that to me spoke more than I could ever express to you. Because it wasn't me seeking confirmation. It wasn't me going out and making things happen. Because I can't make things happen the way God can. And to me, this is just confirmation that it is time. See, it is time for you guys as well to step into your next. Thanks for listening. We hope you will stay connected by subscribing to our podcast and becoming a partner to our ministry. Go to BreakthroughEvangelism.com for our evangelism ministries and EpicenterChurchOK.com to connect with our church. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We want you to be blessed.